Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, with um, it being Father's Day, I've looked at dads in the Bible. And anyone that really knows the Bible would know that there aren't that many good dads in it, which is crazy, right? There's loads of good mums. The Bible is full of good mums. But we have dads doing some of the craziest of things in the Bible. You know, people say the Bible is boring. Have you read it? Hello? <laughs> you know, we've got a guy who says just flippantly to God, give me this battle and the first thing I see when I get home, I will sacrifice to you. God, all right, no problem, yeah. He gets home, what's the first thing he sees? His most beloved daughter. Oh, what a dad. But there's one thing the Bible is completely 100% clear on, and that's God's character. And it is that he is Father God. And he isn't just Father God. We've sang it already. He's a good, good Father God. And I just want to spend some time just going through a parable that Jesus taught just to try and tell a truth about something. And we're going to go through a parable that we'd all know called the prodigal son. Anyone heard it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even those that aren't quite used to church might know that one. Okay. We talk about prodigals, don't we? They go away and they come back. And uh, we're going to do A reading, okay? It's really important that we read all of it because it's a parable. So to understand it, we've got to go through the whole thing. So that's exactly what we're going to do this morning. We're going to read all of it, okay? And uh, on this day of dedications, Victor, Liam, try and take some good stuff from out of what we're going to read as dads, okay? Mary's going to bring... the Bible up, and we're going to look at Luke 15, 11 to 32. Okay, Luke is a New Testament book that was written by Luke. <laughs> okay, Luke was uh, a doctor, and uh, he wanted to put some stuff down about what Jesus had done so that people could understand it. And because he was of the medical profession, he was quite exact and he was a man of science, if you like, if you can call it science back then. But uh, he was a man that was built in a certain way and he wanted to portray what it was that Jesus said to us in a way that we'd be able to understand. So we're going to read this parable and uh, yeah, take out your Bibles if you've got one and join in. We're going we're gonna to read along. Well, I'm going to read. Don't feel the pressure to you have to join in. Okay, it's okay. I'll let you off today. It's too long a, it's too long a reading. Okay. Jesus continued because he'd already um, been teaching. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild 
living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Just before we move on, what Jesus is teaching here is that at the time, pigs were considered to be the lowest of the low. They were an unclean animal to the Jews. They weren't to be engaged with. And yet, this man's found himself in such a position, the only thing he can do to try and sustain life is to look after the one thing that he knows he can't touch. Has anyone else ever felt like that? Been in that position when you've got yourself to the lowest ebb of everything else is virtually gone. The only way for me is to do something that I don't want to do. Wow. It's a powerful point Jesus is making. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. And I love this bit. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. What a God. What a father. You may feel like you're a long way off this morning. You may feel that you don't really understand the situation that you're in or how you've got yourself there, but Father God is looking at you from afar. He sees you coming from a long way off. He's the one who finds you. Wow. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The message version of the Bible, the message translation, not translation, interpretation, uh, I can't remember what it's called. The message says that the father, ignoring him, asked his servants, Wow. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. 
But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yeah, there's something there, isn't there? I've been slaving for you. There's a difference between being a slave and being a son. And this son had lost the difference. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Wow, he appreciates his dad. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him, you can feel the anger. And now you can feel the love. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Wow. What an amazing parable. And what I want to try and do this morning is I want to try and take some of the things that we learn in here, but we're going to shift our perspective a little bit. Does that sound okay? Because we've got to try and understand a couple of things about how we view ourselves and where we think we are. Sometimes we need a perspective shift. I'm going to ask a question this morning. I want, to, I want you just to shout out to me and tell me. What do you think this parable is about? Come on, anybody. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Come on, feel free. Let's have something. What? Forgiveness, a returning son. Fatherly love. Counting your blessings. Finding your way back. All of the above. Thank you very much, Victor. You see, the parable we know as the prodigal son is also called the lost son. But I've heard a few people now begin to say, we've probably got this a little bit backward. It's actually about the loving father. Thank you very much, Claire. (laughs) It's actually about the loving father. Father God, how wonderful he is. And how even though that son's gone to that distant land, the father sees him from a long way off. The son brings his confession to him and the father chooses to ignore all of the old, puts a robe on him, A ring on his finger, which means that he has significance in the house. He is a son again. And wow. He's... Wow, what a God. (laughs) Sometimes words can't wrap around how brilliant God is. So the question is, how do you view yourself? Which child are you? Because there's two children in the story. The first son 
wild living, going your own way. Any of you? I've been there. The second son, caught up in what he's doing and not celebrating the return of his brother. I've been there. Well, who am I? I'm a son. And I've got a good dad. He's here today, so I can big him up a little bit. And get some good brownie points. But I've got a good dad. He's always been there for me and looked after me. You know, times have been hard and we've been through a lot. And it's been difficult at times, but he's always been there. What a great dad. You know, he's a great example of what it is to be a man and what it is to be a father. Thank you. I'm a husband. And I've got a good example from my dad of what it is to be a husband. I'm a father. And I've got a good example from my dad of what it is to be a good father. And as much as I love my dad, I've got a better example. God. My father, God, is incredible. I know that just like my dad, I get things wrong. I'm not perfect. But him, he is. He doesn't get it wrong. He doesn't make mistakes. Wow. Regardless of which child you are, both have the same thing by the end of the parable. Equal standing. Regardless of where you think you currently are positioned in who you are, God wants you to know something. Everything that he has is yours. And if you don't know him yet, he beckons you in and says, everything that I have is yours. They're on equal standing. The father doesn't see the difference between the brother who goes and the brother who stays. One is reminded that his father loves him regardless of what he's done. And the other, that all the father has, is and always was his. God's character is love and forgiveness. We don't need to ask God to love us because it's his character. But one thing we do have to do is ask him to forgive us. That's your bit. But he will forgive because it's his character. And I'm celebrating that, far, that character. No matter which child you are today, God loves you. He's already waiting to forgive us or remind us that all we, are, all we have is his. That's a bit of a perspective shift, isn't it? View yourself from God's perspective, not from your own perspective. And that brings us on to our next question. Where are you? Where are you? What area are you in? The pigsty? 
partying? Are you on your way back? Are you on your way out? (laughs) Already home but feeling forgotten? Where are you? I've got some good news for you this morning. God already knows. He knows where you are. He knows who you are. And his perspective of you is perfect. Not you are perfect or I am perfect, but God's perspective of you is perfect. He knows it intimately. He knows it intimately. Mary's just going to stick up Psalm 139 for us. And while she does, I just want to share about my kids. Because I know them. Before they speak, Laura and I can pretty much tell you what it is they're going to say. Not all the time, because they throw in some some (laughs) curveballs. But we know what they're going to say. We can tell by their behaviour whether they're tired or not. We can tell whether they need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Any parents in the house that don't know when their children need to go to the toilet? No hands. (laughs) Josh, Sophie's actually much worse than Josh. Josh, Sophie's our our second child. We've got three as well, the same as Dave and Leanne. And and Sophie's much easier to read when she needs the toilet than Josh because she sort of bounces and... (laughs) It's like, do you need a toilet? (laughs) No. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I think she thinks she's going to miss out on something if she goes to the toilet. But this is God's God's thing for us. We're going to read this, Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. That I know full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow.
God knows all about you. Everything. There is nothing that you can possibly have hidden from God. And you know what? He loves you anyway. The first son goes off and goes into wild living. The family know all about it. He squanders everything. He wastes a whole load of the family's money. Completely just spirals out of control and has to sell himself into something that he doesn't want to. But the father sees him from afar off and celebrates before he's even got back. God knows. He knows what you'll say before you say it. He knows you completely. And even in all of the knowing, all of the things that we're ashamed of, afraid of, proud of, even in all of that, he loves us. Just like the father in the parable, God sees us as lost and now found, or that all that he has is ours. So where are you today? Who are you today? God the loving Father, he's given us a perspective shift. Who are you? On your way to his loving arms. Who are you? A child of the living God. He knows you and where you are. He's calling you home. Like the second son, you might already be home, but you still need to know everything that I have is yours. What an amazing God. God the Father. There was no better character for me to pick today, was there? Let's celebrate together, church. We're in a happy day. We're in a position where God can do absolutely anything with us, starting from now. Everything that's gone before has already gone. So let's not worry about it. Let's forget it. Yes, we've made mistakes. Yes, we've got it wrong. But now is the start of something new. Today is the start of something new and something fresh. But you've got to make the choice. You see, the first son decided that he needed to go home. God's calling. Are you responding? We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.